All right, well, we've been in a series called Accepted, and we're not, uh, we're not through with that. We have some more things to cover. So let's look at Ephesians 1, verse 3. I believe this is what we need to cover today. You know, as I was, and I told Shelly this, I, you know, I was looking at stuff and, uh, you know, they were just trying to get exactly what to, to cover. And, uh, you know, I can't make stuff up. You understand, there's a whole Bible and there's scriptures. I could get up here and just read scriptures, but if it's not from God, it's going to be dead. I mean, His Word is alive. Don't understand. You'd get something out of it. But it wouldn't be the same as if we're flowing with Him. And it can't be just, well, I'm going to teach on this. This is good. Well, I'm done with this. I'm going to go on. Uh, if we're flowing with Him, then we're going to do what He would have us to do for a Sunday. Do, we need to understand that we're looking to Him. And so there was some like, Hi, you know, should I go here, here? And then when I settled on this, this rang true. I believe this is what we have for today. But... Um, Let's read Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. Let's go back to uh, verse 4. It says, Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption by, as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. By which He made us accepted. Accepted through Him. Accepted by what He did. Accepted in the family of God. Not that you have to do something more to be accepted in that family, but by what He did and by us receiving it that we are now accepted. Let's look at Psalm 23, verse 1. Psalm 23, verse 1. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yes, or yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's an awesome psalm. 
Now, I want to go back uh, through some of it, but uh, verse 6, this is what I want to touch on. We're going to go further in this today. Verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Mercy. Do you know how we got into the family of God? We're going to read scriptures to this effect. It's by His mercy. There's lots of words, you know, grace and goodness. But His mercy, it's by His mercy. It wasn't your goodness. It wasn't how great you behaved that you were saved, that you were accepted. In other words, our acceptance isn't on the foundation of anything you or I have done. The reason you're accepted, the reason you're adopted into the family of God is because God is a merciful God. God's mercy endures forever. His mercy is toward each of us. Mercy. That word mercy, now there's so many word meanings. We're, we're, our our uh, purpose today is not to do a word study, okay? Because there's so much in the Old Testament, the New Testament, on, on the, the different forms of that and uh, different definitions and all that. But I just want to read you generally. This word here, mercy, is loving kindness, steadfast love, grace, mercy, faithfulness, goodness, devotion. It's this, this word here is used over 240 times in the Old Testament. And it's all, it's all over the place in the Psalms. I want to read you those words again. But it, loving kindness, steadfast love, grace, mercy, faithfulness, goodness, devotion. This gives you a picture of that word. And what we're talking about when we're saying mercy. Mercy will follow us. Mercy will follow us wherever we go. Let's look briefly through this psalm because it ends up at that, that uh, verse 6. Goodness and mercy will follow us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You could spend the whole rest of today and several days past on that right there. But he's our shepherd. We shall not want. He's the one that we're following. He's the one that's leading us. He's the one that's guiding us. He's the one that's protecting us. And he is a merciful God. Thank God he's not a hard taskmaster. Thank God he's, he's the... I mean, can you imagine the picture of a shepherd with these sheep and just being... I mean, I guess there, I haven't had a lot of experience with just actual shepherding. Maybe you have, I don't know. But when I think of a shepherd, they seem pretty laid back and chill, mostly. I mean, you know, to be, a she to be out there with all those sheep for all that time, if you were high strung and you really just, you know, had to get to the next thing, well... It'd probably cure you of it. I, don't, I mean, you're out in the middle of nowhere, and you want it, you're the kind that, oh, no, we've got to get going. I'm checking my phone. There's no signal. 
There's no social media. There's nothing. There's just these sheep and green. You got to figure out where you're going to go next for, so they can eat. I don't, you don't, when I think of a shepherd, because it, it says the Lord is our shepherd here. Jesus is called the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. I don't see somebody, sheep, what are we going to do next? Where are you going to go? You, there, stop. Do you, do you see that? I mean, no, don't do that. I, it, calm. Good. Oh, the sheep didn't do it exactly what it's supposed to. Well, lead the sheep where it needs to go, not jump on it and beat it up. In the middle of nowhere. Do what? I mean, there's no schedule. There's no traffic. There's no email. There's no phone ringing. Nobody walking, knocking at your door. God is our shepherd. And he's good, and he looks at you, and we're the sheep. And we're supposed to follow. We may not do everything perfectly. We've been talking about this. I mean, being we're accepted. Talked about condemnation. Talked about the fact that we're supposed to be solid in Him. He's the shepherd. We're supposed to follow Him and walk through this life and understand He's the one we're following. I'm just supposed to do what He tells me to do. He'll take care of me. But as we're reading this, Think in the back of your mind, he's a merciful shepherd. He's a good shepherd. He, he is not looking to make sure all the sheep... I mean, you imagine the sheep don't just walk in a straight line, to my knowledge. Whenever I've seen a picture or anything about sheep or video sheep, they're just, you know, they're going around. They're not, they're, you have sheep dogs, you know, trying to get them in line. They don't just walk in line perfectly. You ever seen that? I've never seen anything like that where they're just geometrically just... You know, in rows. Is it even possible? I doubt it. To get them all just lined up in a grid? No, they're going here, and you got sheepdog kind of doing this and keeping them going. The shepherd's leading them. Does God expect you and me to just be perfect and have everything perfect before He can use us or bring us or go forward? He's a merciful God. Thank God He's merciful. Thank God you could be saved before you got your life completely straightened out. Amen? Amen. Let's look at verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You get the picture. Look, even though there's some stuff pushing, who, who's with me? The shepherd. I know he's good. I know he's for me. I know he sees me, and he's not like, well, you dumb sheep. Why did you go to that piece of grass? Why aren't you over here? You know, he's not like that. He's good. So even though there's stuff going on, walking through the valley of the shadow of death, he says, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. You are with me. You are with me. But you can't, it, it depends on, somebody could be with you and that makes you more scared. Depends on who it is. 
if you have an image of God that is, I'm going to, you know, knock you down, then it's like, you're with me. I don't know what's worse, you or the valley of the shadow of death. Right? I mean, if you think God is this like, don't do that, do this, don't, do, why didn't you, why'd you do that? What? And just on, on you like that? You're not confident when you're going through stuff. When you're going through stuff, you need to know that God is there for you and He is merciful and good and is going to help you through it, not be part of the problem. Amen. Right? Amen. If you feel like if you go to Him, it's just going to get worse, He's just going to point out everything. I mean, have, have you ever known anybody like that in the natural they, they may know some stuff, but if you go to, you know, they may have knowledge that could help you, but if you go to them, you're just going to get everything pointed out that you're doing wrong, so you don't want to go to them. I'd rather deal with the problem. Anybody ever dealt with that? Well, we don't want God to be that. What's gonna, our mind needs to be renewed to the fact that he's the good shepherd. He's, he's with me, and that's a good thing. It says, for you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Even in the midst of, of stuff going on, even with people that don't like me, in the middle of it, God is there. And he is with me. And he will make sure I'm taken care of, even in the midst of things. It says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Now, no, notice in all this, he started out saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. Here he's saying, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. My cup runs over. In other words, I'm being taken care of. There's a table in the presence of my enemies. My cup is running over and God is taking care of me. David, who wrote this psalm, did not do everything perfectly. And you see mercy over and over in the psalms. He was aware that God was a merciful God. God called him a man of his own heart, after his own heart. He knew something about God, and there was a, a, a security. Even when the man did stuff that he shouldn't have done that was horrible. But he had a heart, we're not condoning that, but the heart, he, he had a heart after God, knew that God was for him and with him. So many of our songs that we sing are pattern after psalms that David wrote, but there's something there that he understood, that he was merciful. Here he's saying, my cup runs over. My cup runs over. He's not saying, because I am so awesome, he's glorifying God, saying, you are so awesome. You'll take care of me. You'll, my cup's running over as I'm following you. I'm the sheep, you're the shepherd, and my cup's running over. Because, then he says in verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life. Goodness and mercy, it's coming after me. All the days of my life, it's coming after me. It's coming to me. Mercy is coming to me. God is a merciful God. That means I'm walking through, my heart is after Him, and 
If I don't do something right like we've talked about, I bring it to Him, but He's merciful. He is not the hard taskmaster going, oh, well, you got out of line, therefore, you're done. If that were the case, then Jesus would not have come and nobody would be in the family of God. Because God's merciful. That's why He looked on the world and said they need a Savior. It said before the foundations of the world, He knew Adam messed up, Eve messed up, people have messed up, and we need a Savior. We need to know He's merciful. We need to know that these things, His goodness and His mercy, they follow me. This will actually increase our faith. The more we know what God's Word says, the more our faith will increase. The more we have understanding of what the Word says. When we understand He's a merciful God, then you understand you don't have to walk everything perfect. That if you mess up and you don't do it perfect, God will still, He can still come through for you. Now, I'm not saying we just go off and live however. What we're saying is, even if we miss it, we can get up, we can make it right, we can go on, and we can still have the blessing of God. See, there's a faith there. there. There rises up. Hey, wait a minute. This is tracking me down. If I, I, you know, you can get to where you think you have to do it all right. You have to hear from God right because by God, you've heard how to be led by the Spirit. And so if you don't do it right, I mean, thank God you can be led by the Spirit, but you need to get it all right. Otherwise, you're just going to miss the plan of God for your life. God's mercy is upon you. Yes, we can be led by Him and we be, we're, we're following Him and we walk after Him, and we do what we know to do. But you know, if He sees that you need somebody to come across your path and get it across to you because you're not getting it, He's going to send somebody to you. And if you don't get it, He'll send another five people to you. And if you don't get it, He'll send you a registered mail by somebody to get your attention. He is a merciful God. He loves you. See, there's security there. Then, it's, then your faith comes up going, I'm believing God, but I know I don't have to walk this perfectly. God loves me so much that He's going to help me. He's going to show me. He's going to guide me. His mercy is like bumpers. You ever played candle pin bowling? How many of you guys have actually played? Let me see your hands. So some of you know what I'm talking about. So I don't know how wide the lane is, but you know, you're trying to hit the few pins in there, and if you go, and it just is going way off to the side, it would be a gutter ball, but the thing bounces off. It might bounce twice. If you're really bad, you could go here, here, and then it still comes back, and you still get like three or four pins down, and you would have had nothing. And you think, you know, the thing is, you play for a while and you think, we would think, well, you know, I'm getting better at this. And then I played with no bumpers. And you don't get those do-overs. You don't get those, those remnants. So, you know, you think you're doing all right and you throw it this way and it almost hits a pin, but then just goes off right at the end. You know what I'm talking about? Just goes in the gutter right at the end. And then, you know, so you try to correct and you overcorrect. 
you know, and so then you're going the opposite direction, but you don't realize how much you're depending on the bumpers till the bumpers are gone. And you realize, oh, you know, hey, I'm still knocking down a few pins. You didn't knock them all down, but you got three or four. Yeah, that's because you bounced off the bumpers three times. <laughs> and, you know, you start thinking you're good, and then you realize you don't have the bumpers, and then you're thinking, yeah, I got 50. How do these people get in the 200s in this type of bullet with no bumpers? I don't know. But I just would play with the bumpers anyway. When we would go and play, I'm like, let's play with the bumpers. It's more fun. Because I, it's just frustrating. I mean, why am I even out here? I'm supposed to be having fun with my kids. It's just getting frustrating because I can't hit anything. What's the point? Either I'm going to actually dedicate myself to get good at this thing to where it's fun, or if I'm going to go once every forever, then I just want it to be fun. So I'd rather play with the bumpers. Well, God's mercy is exactly that way. If you think it's up to you, you got to do everything pre precisely all the time, and you mess up this much, and everything is gone, that's not fun. That's legalism. That's religion. And you know, you could be doing real well, but then you miss it, and now it's just you don't get anything. And you know, if you think that it's all you, and you're doing everything. If you've been, you know, uh, living in the mercy of God, you got to watch starting to think it's all you because pretty soon you start to see, wait a minute. If, it, if you get into legalism, it's funny how you start getting into legalism. You start putting everybody else down and stuff doesn't go as well for you. And now you start realizing, oh my goodness, I was relying on the mercy of God so much more than I realized. I remember Brother Keith Moore talking about this in, um, when, you know, he talks about when he was in, in Rama, a teacher, and he asked God, he was like, you know, he was, do, he was preaching and teaching so much, you know, tons of times a week, and he would play the piano and he would sing and lead this and that, and he said, Lord, how much of this is me? And how much of it's you? You know, he got to be where it's like stuff that just came easy. He starts to wonder, am I just doing this? Or is it you? And he said, the next day, I think it was the next day, he goes to start preaching. Because he said, God, show me. I want to know what's you and what's not you. And he went to start preaching, and he said he could hardly string two scriptures together. And if you've ever heard him preach and teach, you know, it just flows. He can go from one to another. And he said, I, I couldn't put two things together. It was like I, I just had to shut it down. And I had to get somebody to fill in for me because I couldn't do it. And he said then he went to play the piano, and it was like he could not put two things together. I mean, he couldn't, and you'd think, no, no, that's just silly. He, he couldn't play. And he didn't understand how much he was flowing with the grace of God. He said that happened for three days. And he's like, okay, I understand what's you and not. I don't ever need <laughs> that to happen again. But the mercy of God, the grace of God, you know, grace and mercy related, but you don't understand sometimes how much God is helping you. 
what he's doing for you. All the stuff you think, oh, it still came through, and you don't realize that was the mercy of God. You, you can start thinking it's you. But no, God, he is a merciful God. Think about who he is, and we can't fathom who he is, and then who you are and who I am. The difference between us as a being and him, I'm talking naturally, your ability. Because in him, we have the almighty God on the inside of us. But let's not confuse who he is and who we are through him with who we just are without any of that. That's a whole nother thing. Without his mercy and without his working with you and without his grace, we're nothing. It's not, it wasn't our ability, our goodness, our slick skill that got us into the family of God. It was his mercy. Let's read the last part of this psalm and then we'll read a few more scriptures. Verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and mercy will follow me. They'll follow me. That means when I'm there, they're there. Mercy follows you as a child of God. It's how you got into the family of God. It was because he's a merciful God. And it's how you are able to do anything for him. And not because you're so good or I'm so good. We need to understand, when we see the giftings of God in other people, God is merciful to them just like he is you. And it's tempting because the enemy will, will uh, lie to, to people about this. You see somebody under the anointing and the gifting of God, and you think they walk on this higher level all the time. Now, we should walk in the, um, the grace of God. We should walk in the fruit of the Spirit. We should be, live holy as much as we can. I'm not saying we should be two different people at all. But what we, but people don't understand is like just what Brother Keith Moore was saying. When he's playing there, you're not just seeing Keith. You're seeing God through him. When he's preaching, you're not just hearing his just intellect and, oh, he just has all this. No, you're, you're seeing the mercy of God in action, the grace of God in action. See, what we do with ourselves is go, oh, well, if I could, you know, just be like that. But then we're seeing ourselves and dealing with ourselves walking through. And what we, we need to understand is God's mercy is toward us. And what you're seeing through other people is God working through them. What, what do we need to do? Let him work through us. They, and what they, I, this is an aside. I remember Bob Yandian said this years ago. You know, you know how some things you can process over time and you, you understand more and more of it. But he would say this, uh, that just because somebody's anointed to preach, or not, he didn't say it that way, not because not somebody's anointed to preach, People are anointed to preach. They're anointed to do. They're, they're anointed to sing. They're anointed to play the piano. They're anointed to do uh, maybe a business or whatever. But when you see somebody preaching or teaching, goes for me, goes for everybody else, just like what we're talking about, what you need to understand is there is an anointing to do that, but they don't have a special anointing to live life, just, to, just normal life. 
everybody has to do that by faith. So when you see somebody and you hear somebody preach, you can think, wow. And this goes for me as much as anybody. You can see, wow, there's just certain things they, they have together and, every, and uh, that's amazing they, they're, that, how they can do that. We need to understand, you're hearing the anointing. You're hearing God. You're hearing, you're seeing the mercy of God. Why do I say that? Because you can disqualify yourself. There is no anointing to live life normally. Just to, just, and nobody has a special anointing, in other words. They have to use their faith to, to deal with the challenges of life, to go through and walk through life. Does that make sense? We need to understand that God, the only reason any of us are in the game is because of His mercy and because of His grace toward us. And so if we'll flow with what He is doing in our lives, understand that you are graced to do certain things. God will, what comes easy to you is how God's grace is working in your life. You may think nothing of it, but His grace is there to help you. His grace is there to, to give you direction, to give you help in a certain area, and, and it looks easy to you. But we need to understand that, that God's help is there. Now here it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. We need to get it fixed in our mind that God is with us. His mercy is following us. What does that mean? If, even if I don't do everything perfect, His mercy is there like those bumpers to help me and to still affect His plan for my life. Psalm 145 verse 8 says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His work. His mercy is over everybody. God is, God is perfect. God, by definition, has to be merciful to deal with anybody else. To approach Him and think we're something is just ignorance. God is merciful the fact that we can even speak to Him. It's the great mercy that He showed through the Lord Jesus Christ that we are able to do anything for Him. Be in His family. Flow with Him. Ephesians 2 verse 4 says, But God who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive with Christ. Notice it starts out, God who is rich in mercy. It's talking about how we were saved, but it starts out, I want to read a few scriptures to you because so many times we'll focus on different elements, but notice how much mercy is, is said in these different scriptures talking about salvation. Can you go back to the beginning of that, of verse 4? It says, God 
But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, we didn't have anything. It says He made us alive together with Christ. Why? Because He's so merciful. Because He's so gracious. Even when we were dead in trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, verse 6, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. In Titus 3, verse 4, it says, But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. You see that? According to His mercy, He saved, he, he saved us. We're talking about being accepted. We're talking about being in the family of God. It was God's mercy by which you and I were even had a chance to come into the family of God. And it's by His mercy that we are walking out His plan. By His grace, yes, we're not going to talk on every subject, we can't do that. But I want you to see the, the role mercy plays in it. It came up in me. He's merciful. And this came up. There is a whole new person for some people in the inside of you that will come out as you get a hold of His mercy. You realize how merciful He is, and that will embolden you. That will encourage you. That will, strengthen, that will strengthen you. You'll realize, oh, this burden I've been putting on myself, I'm thinking I have to hit it dead center every time. Not even talking about sin. Talking about you doing the best you know to do, but you know, you didn't do anything wrong, but you just, you know, the ball went sideways. You didn't do anything wrong, you did what you, but, but it didn't go, and it bothers you that you, you, you didn't do it straight. And you, you, know, you try again, and it, it's a little straighter, but it's still bouncing off. And we need to understand that God's mercy is toward us. In fact, it's following us, and it will help us in the cases all the time where we're not doing it perfectly. As you are running your race and getting further with Him, His mercy is chasing you, helping you to correct and helping you to get where you need to go in spite of the fact you have not arrived. Amen. See, we're accepted and now. And we can run our race now. And we can be bold now. Not because we're so far, think we want a heart for Him, we want to walk in the faith we know and believe God. But if you have to be perfect, you're done at the start. And if we start to understand even more so, I'm in this family, I'm secure in this family, I got into this family, and His mercy is toward me, then I can walk boldly and strongly knowing that even as I'm learning and growing. His mercy is there to help me. He's merciful. He looks and said, I'm going to help you anyway. I'm going to help you get further. I know where you're going to be. You know God sees the end from the beginning. He knows where you're going to get. Thank God he didn't look at humanity and go, ah, oh, there's no hope, forget it. Jesus, forget it. No, they're, no they're, they're dead and trespassing sins. They're nowhere. I'm not sending anything. Forget it. 
Now, he, he sent Jesus when there was nothing we could offer him. I want you to get that. There was nothing that we could offer him. You know what we do sometimes in the Christian life? Start thinking, you know, doing it pretty, you think you're doing pretty well. Think. I, I, when, we, when we understand all there is to know, when we step into heaven, I think we're just going to fall and go, oh, good night, you were so much more merciful than I even thought. You were so merciful. You helped me so much more. I thought, oh, wow, you ha- oh, my, that was you? I thought this was, I thought I hit that pretty straight, but actually you were, oh, man, thank you, thank you. God's helping us more than we realize. And the more we realize how much He's there to help us, the more we we just start taking the shackles off and saying, I'm in the family. I didn't get in this family because of me. There is nobody that's in this family because of them. And it's Jesus. And oh, His mercy is new every morning. And regardless of what happened yesterday, I'm going to go on and I'm going to reach new heights in Him because I'm strong in that foundation. First Peter uh, 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us. According to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was by His mercy that we came in to His family. Verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time Hebrews 2 verse 17 It says, therefore, in all things he had to be made like his brethren, talking about Jesus, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. It says that he had to experience what we experienced, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. Jesus knows what it's like to walk as a human. He knows the pressure. He knows what's being, what we're dealing with. And he did that so that he could be merciful. So that he could be merciful. You know, the more we understand the mercy of God and what he looks, how he looks at us, the more merciful we can be with other people. We can let that love of God truly flow through us because we are we're, we're secure. We're like, God's mercy is so great toward me. I'm so thankful. So your stuff doesn't look so big. Somebody, you know, you look at them and go, oh, have mercy on them, God. Have mercy. Have mercy on them. Don't give them what they deserve. You know we didn't get what we deserved. 
if we got what we deserve, we wouldn't... What we deserve is to be sick and poor and broke, have our relationships broken, to die young, and to go to hell. That's what we deserve. But God in His mercy... He sent Jesus so that we could come into this family of God and that He could be a merciful and faithful high priest. Hebrews 4.14 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. But it was, was in all points tempted as we are, yet he was without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That we may find mercy. That we need mercy in a situation. Don't put the burden on yourself. If you missed it, you take care of it, but then receive the mercy of God and thank God that He's a merciful God and He can still help you get where you need to go. It says to come boldly. Come boldly before His throne and say, Lord, I did that the best I can. Help me to do it better, but I thank You for Your mercy. You're going to give us favor anyway. Your grace is there anyway. We're going to win anyway. We're overcoming anyway. You can't do anything about, you know, I didn't do it. Per okay, put that day aside. I'm going to do it today. I'm going to go after him. What was it? Was it Anne of Green Gables that said, brand new day with no mistakes on it? So we wake up and say, you know, it's a brand new day with no mistakes on it. We need to have that attitude. We get up, it's a new day. Don't, don't carry on something that was before. If you, do, you dealt with it with God, say, God, it's a new day. I'm going on with you. Your mercies are new today. I'm taking this day by storm. Amen? I'm going forward. And during the day, okay, so that wasn't perfect. You know, I don't know about you, but it's, it's a temptation when things don't go, because things don't go well perfectly all the time. But you know, you, you know we, if we have a plan, and we start executing the plan, and then something doesn't go the way you need it to go, and the bigger it is or the more it looks like you can't fix it, there's a temptation to be like, ah, but now we're not going to be where we should have been. How many times does that happen? I mean, we're not making a bad confession. You want things to go right, but what we need to adopt is it doesn't matter. I'm going over. I'm going to win. If this happens, oh, God's mercy is here to help me, and we'll just adjust, and we'll go over, and we're still going to win, and we're still going to win, and we're still going to win, and I'm still going to win. See, that's a different attitude than, oh, the day didn't go perfect. I guess I didn't say it enough. I didn't believe. Oh, well. And it's 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> but that can push us. We need to understand, no, God's mercy's following me. We're still going to go over. Ah, it's okay. We'll get going. We'll get over. We're going to win. God's faithful. He's good. It says, let us come boldly. Psalm 103, we read this the other day, says, for as the heavens 
We read that we've emphasized the last part of this, verse 12, but I want you to see verse 11. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His mercy toward those who fear Him, those who reverence Him, those who honor Him. Is what it means, not run away from Him. But His mercy is great. Everybody say, His mercy is great toward me. Say it again. His mercy is great toward me. Now say it to him. Say, God, your mercy is great toward me. Your mercy is great toward me. His mercy follows us. It follows us. It follows us. It follows us. Wherever I'm going, I need to get a mental image that God, God's mercy's following me. That means, oh, that wasn't perfect, but His mercy's there, and I'm just going to keep moving on. His mercy's there. I am accepted. I am in the family of God. God is with me. He's for me, and He will help me and be merciful to me if I will believe it. We don't drop it. Keep the attitude, oh, nope, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, we're fine, we're going over. See, that's an attitude of faith. That's walking by faith, not by sight. That's not getting derailed by something. See, we miss out on what God has for us up here because we stop ourselves and go, well, I don't know how it would happen. God knows how it would happen. God is bigger than us. We wouldn't be saved. We wouldn't be in the family of God without His mercy. Why do we stop ourselves from believing Him? Because we think we didn't do something right. Wake up. We're not going to do everything right. Amen. We need to come to that realization. We're okay in the family of God. We didn't plan to do something wrong, but we take care of it. We go on. We're working with Him. It's His grace and His mercy through us. Hallelujah. His, he's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Praise God.